Well, today is the last Sunday in uh, 2014, and uh, I thought what we would do today, originally we as a staff, we talked about having a leftover Sunday today, and we struggled with knowing exactly how to explain it, so we're going we're gonna to have to package it a little bit better, maybe next year we're going to have a leftover Sunday, but what I want to do today is I want to just kind of draw our attention to this concept of finishing strong. And, you know, at the end of the year, you kind of, I don't know if you're doing what some people are doing, but, you know, you're kind of looking back on some of the goals you've set. You, you look back on some of the things that you've accomplished throughout this year. Maybe you started the year, remember in January, you may, maybe you said you wanted to lose a certain amount of weight. No? Okay, good. You guys, I'm not, not admitting to that. Uh, maybe you said you wanted to, you know, read a certain number of books. I talked to someone the other day. I think they had said they wanted to read 100 books this year, and they managed it, and they were so thrilled, and I'm jealous because I don't think I got quite 100 this year. Maybe you said you wanted to, you know, read through the Bible this year, and if you were thinking it through right now, you're like, oh, and I'm in Deuteronomy. Haven't gone so well, you know. Um, or maybe some of you were like, you know, this is what you wanted to do, and you completely finished. You did everything you said you were going to accomplish. And now you know the drill. In January, you start setting new um, goals for 2015. But what I want to look at today is just this concept of how do you finish strong? How do you make it through life so that you're not just getting through, you're not just getting by, but that you would actually be able to say, you know what, if my time is near... And all of our time is near in some, some way or another. We may live to be 80, but 80 isn't that long when you consider, you know, um, eternity especially. But how do, you, how do you finish strong? How do you go through life not just, you know, kind of gliding, you know, hoping things will determine or circumstances will determine how well you do with life? So I thought today we would look at maybe the end of 2014 as a model for us, but really... What we want to talk about today is life. How do we finish strong in life? Because I think there are too many people whose, whose approach to life is, I'll, I'll, I'll go with what happens. I'll go with the flow. I'll just, you know, if circumstances go this way, then we'll do this. But I, I think it's important for us to set goals and then to accomplish those goals. And we want to, we want to set a goal today for all of us to say that I want to finish strong. I want to make it through life. I want to do the things that, you know, I, you know, that I should be doing, but I want to make sure that I finish my life strong and not just coast through whatever comes my way. I'm going to show you a couple of videos today. Um, I apologize for the poor quality. It's just the best I could find, and, and so the videos aren't that great. But the first video I want to show you is of a snowboarder named uh, Lindsay Jacobellis. And uh, if you <clears throat> watch the 2006 Olympics, this may be something that will bring back a memory of you right, for you right away. I remember watching this at the, when it happened, and it was shocking. But here's a snowboarder, and you're going to see the video in a little bit. I'm going to show you the whole race. It's not that long, because if I just show you the ending, it doesn't quite have the same punch. So we're going to roll a video and, uh, um, of this, uh, of this uh, girl's uh, race down the hill, and then after that, we'll come back. And so run the video, please.
In snowboarding, she had a massive lead. Like, you don't have motors to speed up. It's all, you know, how you time it. And she, you see her at the end, maybe a little showboat, and that was it. Here was a person who had the race, absolutely had the race. You know, this was, there, there really wasn't anything that could have gone wrong. But she went down, and as a result of that, um, she lost the race. Now, in the Bible, you will see uh, a lot of people who started well and maybe didn't end so well. Some people who didn't start so well and then they ended really well. For example, Lot started really well, ended up very poorly. Samson started strong, ended up weak, and didn't end up very well. At, you know, in the end, he was all right again, but didn't did not really um, end as well as he could have with a lot of self-inflicted misery. Moses started insecure. You know, send someone else, God. I don't really want to be the one to go. But ends very confident. King Saul, for the most part, started really well. Um, King Saul ended very, very badly. Then you have another man by the name of Paul. Paul did not start so well at all, but then ends very, very well. I think most of us in this church would be able to look back on 2014, hopefully, as a year that has gone well for us. Maybe we've had some failings, maybe we've had some things that didn't quite go the way we wanted to, but I hope that for most of us here, we can say today, no, I'm ending 2014 well. Maybe you're not quite where you wished you were, maybe you're not quite where you know you should be. But I hope that for the majority of us here today, that we can say that 2014 is ending on a good note. It's possible that there are some of us in this room today who 2014 began really poorly and is ending well, but it's also possible that for some of us, 2014 ended and started really well, and now we're not doing so good because of decisions that we've made or, or whatever it might be. As we saw in this video, she didn't have any turns left to make. All she needed to do was go across two more jumps and then she would have finished strong and finished well. And one small mistake, one quick moment, one quick decision cost her first place. Now, unfortunately for this snowboarder, if you listen to interviews with her, this is a moment in her life she will always have to get over. People are always going to be like, what happened at the Olympics in 2006? This morning, we want to hopefully be able to not look at things like that in our lives. I hope that we aren't spending time today just looking past the failings that we've had, but I trust that this morning we can kind of say, you know what, that happened. I want to finish strong. I want to get past whatever has happened in my life, and I want to finish strong. And the guy that we want to look for 
for advice in this is, is Paul. Because Paul really does give us some beautiful tools on how we, as individuals, can finish strong and finish well in our spiritual journey with Christ. So, here's a guy who did not start well at all. Paul started out persecuting the Christians. And he wasn't just, you know, name-calling them. He was, he was seeking them out. He was, you know, purposely doing all he could to execute as many Christians as possible. For him, this, at this moment, this would have been something that he would have considered an absolute call on his life to persecute the Christians. And so Paul was present when Stephen was stoned, and he gave his approval. But the Lord had other plans for Paul. And you probably know the story, and if you don't, um, quick little version of this is he gets permission to go to Damascus to find more Christians, and on the way to Damascus, Jesus meets him and gives him the opportunity, gives him an opportunity to step into hope, to step into a new relationship, to, to start his life new, to start his life different. And so Paul becomes a believer. And he doesn't just end there. He immediately steps into faith. He steps into faith and he continues and he starts an amazing new journey that God leads him to. He took the step. He took a firm step. And even when he was arrested and even when he was beaten, even when they attempted to stone him, he managed to finish strong. So I think this is a guy that we can kind of look to and say, well, what did Paul have? What did Paul do? What, what was it about this man's life that regardless of some of the incredible difficult circumstances that he faced, in the end, when Paul looks over his life, he says, I've done well. I'm finishing strong. He wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he writes to this, this guy he's mentoring, and he, and he writes him this incredible letter and we see from what Paul writes here that it's pretty clear to him that his time has come. This is the last letter that Paul writes. And so he's writing this letter sort of with this, just this awareness that my time here on earth is pretty much over. That somehow it seems like God lets him know that you're not going to live much longer. And, and this letter is written in 67 AD or 67, 68 AD. And they believe that Paul was maybe executed even possibly months before he finished this letter. So I want to read to you 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, to kind of just give us um, a footing for where he goes with it later on. He says this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. In the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. And he's just basically saying, I want to give you one last command or one last charge, one last moment of instruction. And this is what he says to Timothy. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instructions. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, 
Keep your head in all things, all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Basically what Paul is cautioning Timothy here is there are going to be many opportunities for distraction. There are going to be people who, who want to hear only certain things, Timothy. Who only want you to teach on certain topics. Who, who want you to maybe let low of certain standards and let go of those things. So Paul is saying to Timothy here, in life, there are going to be many opportunities for you to get distracted. People can easily turn away from the truth and only listen to what they want to hear. But then he charges Timothy with this. In all situations, he is to keep his head. Now, what does that mean? The word here literally means to stay sober. The, the word, you know, to, to keep your head, it's a phrase, it's a line that they said, keep sober, stay sober. In other words, don't get distracted. Don't lose you know, your awareness. Don't lose your ability to make wise decisions. Stay sober. Know what you're doing. Remember why you're doing what you're doing. So the calling for Timothy is to remain control of himself. The temptations will be there to go after what people want to hear and to only say what people want to hear. In other words, Paul's saying there's going to be lots of opportunities in life to get distracted. And I think that's as true today as it ever was. You and I can get tied up with all kinds of things. We can be burdened by all kinds of burdens. We can, we can be distracted by all kinds of needs that, you know, that come our way or opportunities that come our way. And Paul is saying to Timothy, in those moments, stay sober. Keep your head. Continue to make good decisions that will lead you to finishing strong. And then in verse 6, he gives these instructions for i am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time of my departure is near verse 7 i have fought the good fight i have finished the race i have kept the faith now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day and not only to me but also to all who long for his appearing and it's believed that paul was executed in AD 67 or so, or 66. And so Paul here is at the very end of his life. And he gives Timothy these instructions. So how is it then that Paul, in the midst of facing such difficult times, is able to look upon his life and is able to look back on his life? And this man was beaten multiple times. They attempted to stone him a few times. He was often running for his life. How is a man like that able to look back on his life and say, I have, I've done well? What is it that Paul had that you and I need to have so that we, in the midst of whatever circumstance may come our way, are able to look back and know that we've done well? I think one of the key things for Paul was that he had his focus on the things of eternity, on what was going to happen in eternity, not just on the temporary of what was happening here. He understands that our hope is not found in this life, but that it's found in Jesus who lives for eternity. So if we're going to finish well, we'll need to keep focused as well. Keeping our focus on eternity is what will enable us to take the steps that are required to finish 
strong here on earth. Paul understood that finishing well, he knew that he needed to wait. Uh, he knew that he, uh, eternity was waiting for him, and that is what motivated Paul to do so well. Now just, when you look back on 2014, and you don't need to say anything out loud, what would be a word that you would maybe use to describe your 2014? If you look back on 2014 right now, and would you be able to look back right now and say, you know, yeah, it's not been a great year. It's not everything has gone quite the way I wanted, but 2014 is good. I finished well. In the midst of the circumstances that came, I've done well. So how do you finish strong? I want to give you three things. How do you finish strong? The first one is this. We need to fight the good fight. We need to fight the good fight. So often we get tripped up and distracted, not by fighting the good fight, but because we get involved in all kinds of other things. Paul says that he, he has fought the good fight. In other words, he didn't get involved in things that were unnecessary. He didn't get involved in things that had no benefit long term. He didn't get distracted. He fought the good fight. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and, and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. The word perseverance is a picture of battling through. Knowing that we will be tempted to, to give up. Knowing that we will be tempted to turn aside. But we are going to fight the good fight and we will do it with perseverance we are going to do only that which we need to do. And I think for a lot of Christians, one of the things that causes us sometimes to not finish well, or not finish strong, is because we fight too many non-good fights. We get involved in fights or, or situations that, when it comes to eternity, won't matter. Paul is saying here, I fought the good fight. In other words, I was consumed and I was, I was burdened by those things that are going to last or make an, eter uh, an eternal impact. Finishing strong requires that we fight the good fight. Secondly, he says, finish the race. You know, he has finished the race. And so what, what else do you need to do? You need to finish the race. It doesn't do you any good if, if you're going and fighting well, but then right before you get done, you give up. Paul says in the last verse of verse 7 here, he says, I have finished the race. I have done what needed to be done. I have, I have run this race. I didn't give up at the beginning. I didn't give up midway through. I didn't give up near the end. I finished it. In Acts chapter 2, I mean, Acts chapter 20, verse uh, 22 to 24, we see that. Paul is in a, situation, in a situation where it would have been easy to give up and to walk away. Look at what it says here. He says, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. Now look at what he says next. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. Could you imagine every time you went and did something new or you went somewhere new, the Holy Spirit would literally come and tell you, oh, by the way, it's going to hurt. 
it's going to be hard. Persecution is going to be where you're going. Clearly, the temptation at that moment would be to say, okay, well, then I'm not going. Imagine if the Holy Spirit would come on you right now and just reveal to you that 2015 is going to be difficult. Would you finish the race? Would you be like, okay, I'll brace myself. I'll fight the good fight, but I am going to finish the race. Verse 24, Paul concludes, he says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of the God's grace. Paul says, yeah, the Holy Spirit has warned me over and over again that life will be difficult, that in certain circumstances I am going to be persecuted, but the only thing that matters to me is finishing this thing because it has an eternal purpose. We have all been called to certain places to testify about God's grace in those places. For some of you, it means being a parent. For some of you, it means being a spouse. An employee or an employer, a student, a teacher. And the list could go on and on and on. And it's possible that you've had moments in your life as a parent, as a, as a spouse, as a teacher, as a nurse, as a, as a worker, as an you know, owner of a company or whatever it might be. You may have had moments in your life where you literally sense the Holy Spirit saying there's going to be some rough patches ahead. So we're not, Paul is not the only one who is sometimes led into situations where he knows life will be hard but just like in the same way you and I are led into situations sometimes where we know it will be difficult. But I trust that our goal is to say, regardless of what lies ahead in 2015, I will finish this race. Not everyone does. Bob Pierce, the guy who started World Vision, he was the founder of World Vision, and he was the leader in getting Samaritan's Purse Going, He played a huge role in, in getting that ministry on the, uh, put on the map. So Bob Pierce did a lot of really good things for the Lord. But unfortunately, he did not finish well. His uncontrolled temper led him to a departure from world vision. His own passion and desires led him to focus on the visible things and pay very little attention to his family responsibilities. On one of his trips to Asia... His daughter called him and asked him to come home. But he refused because he thought his trip was more important, and so he actually even extended his trip. His wife went home, and by the time she got home, they found out that their daughter had attempted suicide. And a year later, she tried again, and this time she succeeded. Bob Pierce was in the hospital in the end, in Switzerland. He suffered a nervous breakdown. And only four days before his death, he was reconciled with the remainder of his family. He didn't finish well. He allowed things to distract him from what mattered most. So don't forget to undermine the don't forget and don't undermine the task that God has called you to. I'm not saying that we put all that aside, but remember to always fight only the good fight. And in the midst of whatever comes our way. Some of the places we are going to be called to, some of the people that we're going to be called to are going to be 
you know, difficult for us to face. But no matter what we face, we need to finish the fight and continue, I mean, to finish the race and to continue fighting the good fight. And then finally, Paul says that we must keep the faith. Paul says, I have kept the faith. So what is faith? Hebrews chapter 1, verse 11 says, Now faith is being confident in what, what we hope for and assured about what we do not see. If we're going to finish strong, we need to be confident. We need to have a confidence that goes beyond our own abilities. A confidence in God who gives us strength, guidance, and hope. It has to be something that, we, that goes beyond what we can see and experience for ourselves. See, if we don't keep the faith, we'll get distracted. We'll start doing things on our own strength and, and with our own strength. So we need to keep the faith. We need to keep this confidence about us that will guide us and lead us. We need to step into this confidence. And we need to step out in faith. Being confident in Jesus. Trusting the one who created us knows what's best for us, even when we don't understand what will happen, especially in those moments of hardship. During those times, we must keep the faith. So Paul says, I fought the good fight. I didn't get all distracted. He says, I finished the race. There were many opportunities where he could have said, I give up, I'm done. And he says, but in the midst of all of that, I've also kept the faith. I want to show you another video, and this one, the quality is quite poor. Again, I apologize for that, but this is a video of Heather Dornady, Dornadin, sorry, at the 2008 Big Ten 600-meter championship. And as a fellow track runner from years back, especially someone who did a lot of 200-meter races, this one, you know, is, it, man, I've watched this many, many times. So what you'll see is, is a 200-meter track, she needs to run around the race, the track three times to finish her 600 meters. She runs 400 meters, and then right at the beginning of the last lap, you'll see her go down. Now, to the uneducated eye, you would maybe just see she gets back up and runs again. But I want you, if you can, I want you to take notice of how she runs after she falls. Because what you're going to see, through the poor quality and all, what you're going to see is suddenly a completely different approach to running. So let's, let's watch the video. The 600 meter underway, Heather Dornard in Minnesota finished second this event a year ago. She was in lane four. And Dornan is probably going to be your favorite. She actually won the NCAA championships in 2006 in the 800, but she only won one Big Ten championship in the two years. Three laps in this event, 600 meters, three times around the 200 meter track here at the field house. What a bold move by Fallon. She's looking very confident, and the Penn State runner is just running amazing today. She did win her heat in the 400, but ended up taking fourth overall. That's Fawn Dore moving into the lead, a sophomore from Penn State. Dornadin running second. Dornadin last year scored 23 points for the Golden Gophers in their Big Ten Championship. So they're really relying on getting a lot of points from her this weekend. And she's just coming by Fondor now in the home stretch, heading into the Bell Lap. Oh, 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 oh
Leonard in falling down gets up quickly, but that's going to cost her. Lucky she wasn't injured. Her teammate just went to the front, though, so they may be able to recover from that. And Dorden is flying down the backstretch. She is she catching is, up. She is going to catch Fondor, and she may catch the leaders. Wow. But she's got fun. This is a gutsy effort by Dorden. Just so you understand, that's 200-meter track, and you fall on the last lap. Now, I don't know if you noticed it, and I could be wrong, but I'm going to go with it. What I saw in her is when she got up, her stride was much longer. She was much straighter, and I think she was far more determined. And I would say that when you watched her on the far end of the last lap, she had half a lap to go, and I think that's when she realized, I'm going to win. If you just, anyway, I've seen this a hundred times because I've analyzed it. I just, this is amazing to me. You just see her all of a sudden like, there, I'm catching up. And then I think she just decided I'm going to win this thing. And I think that's the only reason she won. I wonder if some of you, like Heather, have found yourself flat on your face. The addiction that you hoped you would be over by now, you still have. The finances that you thought would be cleaned up by now are still as big a mess as ever. Or maybe it's something else that just came your way and it just tripped you up. And right now maybe you find yourself just absolutely on the ground and you don't know what to do. I heard this saying this week. Somebody said, I am never down. And someone asked this guy, how can you never be down? He says, well, I'm either up or I'm getting up. What a beautiful approach to life. So if you find yourself down today, I hope you'll stand up immediately. And I hope that you will determine in your heart immediately to say, you know what, I'm in this thing. I'm going to fight the good fight. I am going to run this race to win, and I will never give up faith. I'm going to hold on to that, regardless of what comes my way. These guys are going to end with a different song, but I'm going to ask that they would do the song, Give Me Faith, again. And I think that's maybe something that some of us are going to be like, I need this. I need this faith. I need this just assurance today that I'm running the race that God has called me to. So I don't know how you're looking back on 2014. I don't know what you see. But I trust this morning that if you're looking back on a year that maybe didn't quite go the way that you had hoped, maybe 2014 is the year where you find yourself on the ground, on the track. And I trust that 2015 will be the year where you stand up again and you run with everything you've got. Because God has called you to run the race. He has called you to fight the good fight. He has called you to finish this thing. And he will give you what you need to do so. So Father God, I thank you for each person that's here. And, and Lord, I just pray that as we think through our lives, as we think through the things that we have maybe not experienced quite the way we wanted, maybe the victories that we wanted in certain areas haven't come, or maybe 2014 has just been a year that has tested our faith. 
It's been a year where maybe we've seen distractions and we took them and we went and got distracted. Maybe it's the year that we've, we've got tired. So the temptation is to just walk. The temptation is to give up. So Father, I pray for all of us that regardless of what our current situation is or what our current condition is, God, my prayer is that as we enter into 2015 that we will just, just again, completely trust in you, that we will be focused again on the things that you want us to be focused on and that we may get new endurance and be refreshed again and that we would run and that we would live the life that you have called us to live. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.